0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 33 of the Town Social. It's great to be back, back by popular demand. All our fans have been crying out for us to return and seeing as though we're having such an amazing season, we thought we'd give it a go. Um, so here with me tonight is Andy K, SK and Ian Kilroy here to dissect what's been a, a turbulent season so far, to say the least. Lads, we, we, we did the pre-season review. We chatted about Danny... Coming in, what he could bring to the table, and we said we kind of said at the time that we 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 understood the appointment; it made sense, bit of continuity. Carlos left us in the lurch, obviously, so it, it was always going to be a bit difficult for him. And it went horribly wrong, didn't it?
1: Yeah, did it ever? Did it ever? I think we 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 saw. I think we all felt at the time, didn't we, that actually the appointment of Danny Schofield could be one positive that came out of the. The shambles of Carlos walking slash deciding he wasn't backed, whichever whichever point of view you take. Um, but he didn't start well, and and when you look at his results, I think we were caught between a rock and a hard place. I think the the, the board had to do something. Dean had to do something, um, and that was either uh, you know stick or twist. And he took the choice to to twist. He dealt with Danny, which I think we were all sad to see that. And obviously, Danny's is now somehow got himself famous. A really good agent because he got himself another football league manager's job inside inside two months, and actually he's doing an okay job at Doncaster. He's not setting the league alight, but obviously it's a different level of football, and and perhaps he'll uh, he'll find his feet better there. Um, you know, I was my hope was that that um, once they took the decision that an inexperienced coach with no championship experience wasn't working, that we might address that. But of course, Huddersfield Town, being Huddersfield Town, went and just basically recruited a bloke from Scottish slash German football with about as much experience as as Danny had. So yeah, it was a, a turbulent start. I think Fozzie's coming for fair bit of stick. Um, I've given plenty on Twitter. I love him, um, but he's he's starting to find a way now. I think the return of Jonathan Hogg has been pivotal for him. But at least now we are we are winning games, and and I'm going to turn into a nerd like you, Nick. And I actually had a quick look, and Danny Danny created 0.44 points in his first eight league games. Average, per, try again 0.44 points per game average in his eight games. Whereas Fuzzy's created 1.12. So you know I know he's had a bigger window and all of that, but you know at, at least we starting to see a bit of a a bit of a bright spot on the horizon.
2: I didn't understand the, the continuity part of it. This, I, get, I get the promotion from within, that's great for people working at the club to see that that path through. But the, for me, the idea was that he, if Schofield was gonna come in, he had to carry on playing in a similar fashion to the way that Schofield did. And it didn't appear, I'm not too much up on tactics and formations and all that type of stuff, we talked about that before. It just, it, it just changed it all. So how the hell was that a, a good appointment? getting the guy with basically not much change in the squad to play in a different way. So, so that, that that's the bit that's unfathomable for me, For bringing a guy in for continuity and then changing what you're doing. Surely you carry on doing what you've done with the, the equipment you've got and you build from there. Just it, beyond me, that appointment. But I love the guy, club legend, all that type of stuff. Platyce is doing well at, at Doncaster now, but no, nah, massively out of his depth. His public image wasn't great for me, he just seemed a timid type of guy. Some strong characters in that dressing room, I would imagine, it would just for me run roughshod over him. So, um, he's probably um put him out of his misery, bless him. Um, I, I don't think we'll ever see him again at the club, but and that's just that's a big shame for the way that he left. Um, but yeah, unfathomable for me. That for me, the cheap option, promote them with him, which has got, got its benefits, but ultimately it was the, it was the wrong choice.
3: I think that's it, innit? it? We, when when he's announced, Schofield, we thought the continuity would be the key for his appointment. And what happened in, in real life was that he came in, I think he tried to do the same thing, realised pretty quickly we didn't have it. I went down the old route of where an experienced manager comes in, they start talking about playing attacking football. If, if you look across the leagues, no new manager with no experience ever comes in and says, we want to be strong at the back and start defensively and try and break teams down over time. That doesn't happen. They always like to talk themselves up a little bit. Unfortunately, most managers have to change that pretty quick. And which we'll get something we'll get onto later on is what I think Fotheringham's doing compared to what Schofield's doing. Schofield didn't have the noose to change it. He stayed with it. If you look around the leagues, though, I think people look or did look at Schofield as a bit of a fall guy there. They saw what Carlos had last year. He's walked away in the summer because we can't give him this season what he had last season. He already knew what were coming. So he jumped ship as soon as he could. Schofield's coming. Poison Chalice a little bit. And that's why I think Doncaster went straight in for him as soon as we got rid. When realistically, on the performances he put in as town manager, I didn't think anyone else were going to touch him for Donkey's years. <laughs> However, looking at it now, or Fodrin's gone about it, I've, I've got a bit of a different opinion on that again, which we'll come on to later on. Schofield didn't adapt to what he'd got. He, he looked very out of his depth very early on. Um, and he was rightfully removed. In fact, for me, a couple of games later than he should have been. He's a club legend, but you can't look at that when you're looking at managerial performances and he just was not even close to being ready for the job or he was given tools not good enough for the division to be honest I think it's a yeah. bit of both I, think I, was very good going, to- I was just going to say that you know, I think the other
1: thing with Schofield you know he lost the two best players out of that team well three if you include Levi Cole we were never going to have him anyway again were we but you know he lost O'Brien and he lost Toffolo and then didn't seem to know what to do
3: well, over the summer we spoke about this before as well. It was clear what the club's done. It got rid of quality, not not necessarily by intention other than for financial benefit. But you lost, um, we lost O'Brien, we lost Toffs. Sar started most games for us, so we didn't look. But if you actually look at the numbers of first team players that went out, it wasn't that many. I think I had six or seven on actual first teamers actually left. And if you're looking at players we've brought in this season, um, who we're aiming at first team, contributing to the first team. It's about 10 or or 12 now, including January. So you can see there was a switch from quality to quantity. I think the worry was last year, we ran out of steam at the end of the season because we didn't quite have enough depth. And and, well, the club seems to have thought that because the amount of players we've brought in. You can tell also, it's a bit bit about pumping the B team with players, hoping one or two of these will increase in price pretty quickly so we can flip them again, like we've done with Toffolo and Pippa. Um, But it just was, it was lacking on it from day one. You can see everything went wrong in the summer, and unfortunately for Schofield, he was a guy that was the finger was pointed at rather than anyone else in the in the backroom staff. So um, he had to go, and I think when he did go, it was pretty much agreed across all the down fan base and um, obviously the club that it was the right time for him to to move on.
0: Yeah, I I, I just felt sorry for him to be honest because I think we're dealt a bum deal. He, he didn't have the experience, didn't you know expect to get the job so soon. <clears throat> although I know they said they, they promised it him eventually, but he didn't expect to get it so soon. And that late on in the pre-season, the players have been drilled and drilled and drilled by Carlos to play in a certain way. And then suddenly they've got to then change the entirety of what they're doing in the space of a couple of weeks. It was always going to be a massive struggle. And you could I, I could tell by about probably the fifth game in that it, it wasn't going to work. And I think most people... We're thinking, it's not. It's not. If it's when, and it's a real shame because he he clearly has you know a great enthusiasm for the game. As Andy said, he's he's a town legend. I I love watching him as a player. We all wanted him to do well, but it just wasn't the right time for him. I don't think he had the right players either to play in the style that he wanted to play, which again wasn't really his fault. Um, he, he had what he got. Do I think the players really bought into his? ethos and properly played for him. I'm not too sure either, to be honest. They, they look very lethargic as well. I think that psychologically, they put so much into last season to be so close and miss out. I don't think that can be underestimated either. And it and it just had all the ingredients for a, an absolutely terrible start. And I mean, something's telling me that those 10 games, those first 10 games that we're going to... May well cost us at the end of the season, but I, I I don't put the blame on Schofield. I think he did his best with what he got, with the experience that he had, and and it just it just didn't work out. I think they should have got rid of him sooner, really, for for the for the club's sake and for his because it did him no favors just keeping him in that position when it when it wasn't working. And then we bring we bring Whoa. Fotheringham in, um and. You know, let, let's have a chat about let's have a chat about Mark and because he is very divisive. Character is <laughs> press conferences were interesting to say the least. He rubs quite a few people up the wrong way with some of the things he says. I, I don't take a lot of notice in what people say in these press conferences because they they, they can't they can't always answer the questions that you want them to. Some give away more than others. Mark Fotheringham doesn't really want to give much away at all, so he just ends up answering. No matter what you ask him, he always brings it round to the same thing. Working on more intensity in the training and this, that and the other. But he doesn't really answer the question. I don't really really listen much to that. For me, actions speak louder than words. And when he started, he struggled. But over time, we have, I don't think there's any denying that he has made us more solid defensively more organized and actually you know if you look at where we are in terms of form I think out of the last fifteen games we're sixteenth in the form table which actually looking at what we've got I don't think is too bad. I think it's the fact that those first ten games have really put us behind and unfortunately in and amongst those ten games were teams that are now in and around us and we were playing them at home. Mm -hmm. And now we're, we're facing a situation where we're having to win games away against these teams or games at home against teams towards the top of the table, which is which is going to be difficult. But I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think about Fotheringham? A lot of fans don't like him. But as I said, for me, I, I think he has. He's slowly adapting realise that we can't attack so we're going to try and concentrate on defence certainly until we bring some more players in which which we have tried to address a little bit I guess which we'll move on to but what do you guys make of him?
1: Well he's I've seen some of his press conferences he's the biggest self-publicist since Andy Kay's recent LinkedIn diatribe tribe about his uh, about how great his business is um, he's um, I think he is a bit my mate I don't think there's a doubt about that <clears throat> I think he doesn't help himself sometimes. Um you know, he, he, maybe it's a nerves thing, but he obviously made the four par around. I'll pick the team from here on in after the after the away game. And, and you're just like, really, mate? So, you know, I don't think he helps himself. Um I think I, I had a bit of a sympathy with him at the beginning because they brought him in and changed absolutely nothing. So they basically took Schofield out of the entire setup and then dropped another bloke with absolutely zero management experience. Into exactly the same setup, um, you know they've obviously changed the assistant manager now. They brought they brought Kenny Miller in, so he's got a he's obviously got a, a comrade in there, and they're getting together. I just find he's a bit too full of coach jargon for me, you know, talking about the group and, and all of that. And and it and it is difficult. And you're right, it, you know, the actions speak louder than words. And at least we've seen a little bit of an improvement. And I've seen some improvement in individuals, which is the thing that's encouraging me. You know, Hellick was probably one of the few signings we made that you look at and you think, you know, that's a proper solid championship signing. And he started off horrendously. And I think he's turned Helic into, into much more like the player I thought we bought. Um, you know, he's building Matty Pearson up massively. And, and you know, we went, to, uh, we went to the game and I'd and, and say, I thought Matty Pearson was, was excellent for 60 minutes. So, you know, there's, there's definitely something in that. I don't think he knows how to fix our goal-scoring issues, which is why we just seem to be throwing random darts and 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 recruits at anybody that looks like they've ever played up front once for somebody. Um, and well, I guess we'll see how that pans out.
2: I, I've met him a, well, briefly a couple of times, and he's a really likeable bloke. He's full of energy, enthusiasm, very positive, very upbeat. You could see he would be a great person to have to spend... Um, Time in his company, but in terms of his football knowledge, he spent most of the, t- the first time I met him was at that infamous Blue Mike Foundation Prize Night. You know, where he kicked off about tickets not being available when, were, and there are all that kerfuffle about it, and he spent most of that trying to convince the audience that he was a good coach, that he got a good background in the Bundesliga. He even brought a mate with him from Germany. A, a, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was an ex-German player he brought with him. Look, I've got German friends type of thing. And he was a really nice guy to be around, but I think that he couldn't believe that he'd been appointed. So he spent most of the time trying to convince himself that actually, I'm up for this job and I'm capable of doing this job. Um, In terms of his press conferences, like you say, they're they're just the standard coach talk, uh, coach fair. Um, I think... The, the worry for me is that he's not been in this situation before as a as a manager. Uh, and so how the hell does he know what to do? And like, like Gaz says, it seems to be a bit of let's throw some as much stuff as we can at it and kick a few backsides and put a few arms around shoulders and be seen being nice to the fam- fabulous Maureen Proctor on that video that the club put out yesterday. But I, I, I'm not bothered about that. He said he was going to get involved with the, the public of Udersfield and get on his bike have on done that i haven't seen him riding around the streets of marsh not live in marsh but you know what i mean i've seen him around driving riding a bike anywhere so a lot of it feels a little bit hollow i'm glad he stopped that now and i'm glad he stopped the uh, on another day thing you know that anything could follow on another day and his family would be proud of him all those cliches that he kept rocking out they seem to have gone by the wayside um i just think he was really nervous um I, I, but I genuinely don't think, unless he proves me wrong, and like I didn't know about the points per game average. Um, good stat that. Um, whether that will get us out of trouble by the end of the season, I'm not sure. I just I don't see where uh, we're going to pull a, a, a cracking result from. Like, like like you said, we've we've played the likes of Wigan and Blackpool at home and lost to them. So they've got points on us that really they shouldn't have. If we have those six points, we're, we're way up the table. They're the types of teams that you would expect to be, even on the back of the, the difficult season we'd had, um, but we just didn't look anything like in those those early days. So yeah, um, I guess we, I just feel like we're, we're stuck with him. He's a really nice bloke. but I'm not sure that he's 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 what we need, but fingers crossed he can do something. But you know, um, I'm not convinced.
3: I'm pretty surprised there, Andy, because I think when he's when he speaks in his presses. I don't think he comes across as likable. I know I get that subjective, and I get that's my opinion on what yeah. he's saying. But to me, and maybe is that lack of confidence in his own in his own status in the game in regards to getting the town job, if, if that's maybe put it that way. Yeah. But it does sound like he's, he's in a bit of a job interview all the time. It sounds like he's trying yeah. to justify his own appointment. I agree. Which is a bit weird, and it comes across yeah. a bit weird. And I find his press conference conferences fascinating. I absolutely love him, because you never know what's <laughs> going to happen. He's going to say something that's a bit stupid and a bit out there, and it makes it entertaining to watch. So if Tana getting a little bit of extra money from Google Revenue and from YouTube uh, views of the videos, he must be doing all right at the moment, because every time he's speaking, I'm watching anyway, and I think a lot of other people are as well. But he doesn't come across as likeable, but that said, that's only to us. Because if, if I'm looking at what's going on on the pitch compared to what happened at the end of Schofield's tenure, I think the players don't mind him. They're definitely responding better to him than what they did. When Schofield, towards the end, there were incidents with uh, Dwayne Holmes that he kicked a... then he kick a ball? He kicked the uh, dugout on right? the way out after getting yeah. some off. And just little things like... There were a bit of temperament issues going on there. And now, obviously, we've heard about what's going on with um, Hogg, apparently, in training and, and Fotheringham. And Sorba Thomas hasn't quite looked the same since Fotheringham's come in. So... I'm expecting that it would uh, uh, cause a few issues behind the scenes. But generally on the pitch, we look a lot better. Now, as I was saying before, Schofield came in with his own attacking football plans and couldn't change it or refused to change it and continue trying to play the same way. And we kept getting battered week in, week out. Fotheringham came in and started that, didn't he? He started trying to outscore teams. I know it sounds stupid because every, you always want to outscore and win games. But he started trying to attack fast as much as we can It's some very strange one-dimensional football from hitting it out wide as quick as possible and trying to hit it into the back post into either uh, Rhodes or Ward. And we did that for about two or three games in a row. That wasn't working. He started changing it. And now his, his ability in himself to be able to change the way he wants to play to become a results-driven coach is a really good thing for me. Being able to see him do that, it's quite a, a big thing to do. And when you look in the way he speaks in press conferences, I wouldn't have had him down as a guy willing to change or be flexible with his own approach. But when you actually look what, what's happening on the pitch, it's definitely there and it's definitely happening and we're benefiting already from it. The problem he's got, though, is because he doesn't come across in the most likable manner, is that if it does go to shit, people will jump on the back of him as soon as possible. He won't yeah. get that, that extra grace period of being a nice bloke. Whereas when Carlos spoke, he was a little bit, obviously he was foreign, his English wasn't so fantastic. So you kind of, oh, well, maybe it's lost in translation. Fothering doesn't get that. Although he does speak a bit strange, a bit like a German-Scotchman, to be honest. So he's a bit weird. But anyway, he's not going to get the same benefit that everyone else seems to has got recently with Town. So he's going to be very, very careful. But he's adapting and and going from uh, trying to score loads of goals to what we're doing now, which is just holding on for dear life and trying to hit on the counter, is the way I believe we can get out of this mess and stay up. So for him to actually change that is a really big thing. And at the moment, as of today, I am right behind him. And what he's doing so far after a start, which I don't think could have gone much worse for him. I can't remember a, a worse few starting weeks for a coach than what Fothering had at town. But he's got us in a position now with a few nice results recently and a change of system where we've got a decent chance of getting out of it. So for me, I understand the appointment as well in regards to we're trying to do the same thing that we did with Wagner. We're lo- always going to be looking out inexperienced coaches trying to come in and get in, getting a bit of a gem, like we've got with Carl, like we got with Carlos. <clears throat> We're trying to do the same thing over and over and over again. And for Dean to go out when the club's in trouble like we were when Fotheringham came in, and we're still in there now, to go out to get a bit of a no-nonsense manager that seems a little bit brash, a little bit old school, a little bit work harder in training, makes perfect sense to what I believe Dean all would be like in this situation when it comes to business, and that it's struggling, you've got to get the right people in at the right time to the right business. And he thinks Fotheringham with his attitude and the way he approaches it was the right thing for for us at that time. And at the moment, it really looks like it is.
1: Can he go to the next level, though, Ian? You know, that, that's fine. And to be honest, I completely agree with you. I think we're going to get on to, I guess, what we what we see for the rest of the season at some point. Uh, and I am encouraged by by the progress he's made. You know, I went to the whole game and I have to say I thought we were, although I was absolutely furious at the end because we brought that draw on ourselves. Actually, we were excellent. Honestly, for 94, 95 minutes, they were excellent. And they looked like they had a plan. And that's been my big criticism of for over a long time, is that I watch other teams and they look well coached. They may not have players as good as ours, but they have a plan. They have a plan and they stick to it. And we do all like that. But my question here is, if it, if he keeps us up, where then, though, has he got it in his locker to be able to come back next season and actually genuinely give us a chance of being further up the table? Because the Championship's no better this year than it was last year.
3: I think so, it depends on where, what the what the club's ownership structure is behind the scenes as well, though, guys. We're up for sale. Everyone knows that. What is that? What are we expecting to do next year? If Dean's still here and we're running at break-even, is it just to scrape out of uh, the bottom three again? I don't know, and I think it's impossible to tell. I don't know if it can imprint a style, because it is a very different thing, like you say, isn't it, to imprint a style to get promoted than it is to just survive. And now what we're going with at the moment, I'll jump ahead again a little bit here, is what he's worked out is if we've got a back two of Helic and Pearson based on just the whole game, Um. We're gonna uh, we're gonna be all right. Like I think if those two are back and we're trying to play really defensively, it's gonna be bloody hard to break them down. Especially if Hogg's playing in front. I also think Nichols behind, which is a kind of strange diamond, not in it really. We use goalkeeper, your defence, uh, your two centre backs, and your um, CDM. Give, will, will be so tough to score against. We'd be able to stay up, and I think he he noticed that. But again, like you say, transitioning then into trying to push up the table, you got you don't just base it on your back three. You got to have a bit more than that. And with the strikers that we're bringing in, I think I've got a chance of getting a call-up soon, actually, if we're looking at all the strikers. Because uh, if Wagon's getting a game, Ward, Ward and Rhodes, it's, it's, there's not nothing long-term there, is it? We are definitely in crisis mode right now to try and get us out of the trouble that we're in. Mm. I don't think even Dean's looking that far ahead because he might not be here to fix it again in the summer or next year if it has to be done. I think at the moment, we've all got to look at this as very short-term. And I know it's not very nice thinking of it that way, but going down to League One is a tough division to get out of, as we all know. So the only thing I think we can do is patch the problems that we have right now, get to the summer, hopefully scrape out of it and then see where we're at. Is Follingham a guy that can take us up the league? I don't think actually matters as a question at the moment. I think it's just, can he keep us up? And yeah. is that, performance-wise, oh, sorry, results-wise and points-wise, is probably good enough just to get us out of it if we can stay there. The problem is, I think we're going to end up playing very predictably. I think the system we've got now will be the same system week in and week out. And if people do work out how to beat us, how to get around that system, then we'll be in trouble. But normally, a good 20, 25 games before people work that out, and that'll be the end of the season. So I think if we can stick with those four fit, which we already can't because we already know people are missing now, then we've got a chance. And it's down to Fotheringham for me. I don't think, I think a lot of people would have come in trying to do it a different way and and had uh, suffered already, but he did change it quick when when he went, when he meant to. So it's just getting through to the, end of the season. Looking it, then I don't know. I don't know the answer, guys. To be honest, I don't. I don't actually know. I don't know what the answer is. It's just for now, I think he's the right man for the job based on what we've seen so far.
0: I I'd like to see him giving a go with his own players, with a proper preseason. But it's <laughs> all down to how much is supported, the ownership situation, the quality of player that comes in. Because, I mean, I'm not being funny, but you you could have Guardiola in, but if you bring in players from League Two, League One, and expecting to be world beat, it's not, it's not going to happen. You need proven experience at this level. You can have some, but it needs proven Championship quality, and we saw that when we brought in proven Championship quality under Carlos. What it, you know, the, the transformation. If, so if we back him and we bring the right players in 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 the attacking areas in in creative midfield roles and out wide we we, we might see we might see his push up but I, I don't know is the answer because we've not really he's not really had his own players in all the time to really create a an effective attacking team like what he wants I mean this isn't how he wants to play he wants an attacking team creating loads of chances. I mean, who doesn't, to be fair? But, you know, he keeps talking about it, doesn't he? He wants to entertain. He wants us to create loads of chances, score loads of goals. And he's not been able to do that because of what we've got and the injuries we've had to key players. So I I would like to see him, if he does keep us up, have at least another season to see what he can do. But you're right, it all depends on the ownership situation, how much money we've got. We we, we don't know. Um, But maybe we'll see a bit of the change with these new players he's brought in. Maybe we'll see a little bit more adventure going forward. I don't don't know. What what are your thoughts on these players? I mean, we've mentioned Wagon. I I think Wagon's like a... He's going to be like a Fraser Campbell type. Bully, harass defenders. He's not going to score many, but he might drag a few out of position. To allow Rhodes to get a few extra goals, I, I could see that being his role to come on maybe maybe later in games to, when defenses are tiring just to just to harass them a bit and just to just to shake things up. But what about some of the others? Because we've brought a we've brought a good few players in. Obviously, some are going to leave as well. Um, what about Knockout? What what do you think? What do you think he's going to do?
2: Dive a lot. I, that that's all I associate with him. I, I um, you know, if um, oh, I I don't like him. I don't care. I know he's been a pen a, a thorn in our side, so to speak. And he's he has been a really good player, but that's that's synonymous for me with him. Uh, so that, <laughs> I don't like the guy. I'd rather he wasn't at my club, but I guess he is. So we'll we'll back him. I'll politely applaud him because. Um, I guess that's what you've got to do, but I, I personally don't like the guy.
3: Um, <laughs> I don't really know what to say to that. I was why I expected him there. I have to be honest. Uh, we'll have to ask him again in a few weeks when Knockouts put five away in five games. What he feels about him? Oh, I love yeah. him. Give him a three-year yeah. contract. To let's let, let's sponsor him. Like A K L D training. Yeah, yeah, that's sponsored
2: oh, by. Well, well, it's <laughs> going free innit? it if if Sauber does one. I don't know. I'm going to sponsor. But what happens? I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's made nothing for my business anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I could probably ask for a refund. But if the offer knock out, I'm not sponsored. I think he's sponsored already, actually. I'll have, um, I'll sponsor Maureen Proctor instead.
0: Yeah. Big but- damn beer,
2: mate. Yeah. Well, that has <laughs> been yeah. said, That's exactly what I
1: said. Yeah. Who's the worst <laughs> one? Let's give Andy the <laughs> worst
2: one. <laughs> I'll, you, I'll tell you what, I'll have him. Yeah. I'll yeah. have him.
1: If I think that, the, the, the arrival of knockout has made way for Thomas. That, that's that's for sure. I think you're right. You know, he yeah. can de- he can deliver a set piece like Sorba does. Yeah. So that you know, unless I know, I'm a big fan of Sorba, but in the last, certainly this season, take out his set pieces. He's added nothing really, and his set pieces haven't been that great either. So you know, I I, I think that's why knockouts here. His form is crocked. I don't know if anybody saw the video of him on the on the bike, on the exercise bike, the day he sat. He was like, it was me on the exercise no, bike. Boy. He was up in a puffer. Come on, morning, just morning. a bit faster. And you can see him thinking, why do you just fucking leave me alone, mate? I can't pedal any faster. So he clearly he clearly was unfit. And Waggon, uh, I mean, I don't, yeah, I think you might be right, Nick, on the Waggon signing. You know, I don't get the humble thing. We binned off uh, Kane kessler here who just hit some form. He started to look like a lad who, who was highly thought of by a Premier League club and we decided to send him back, but hang on to Embete and Tino. Tino's injured. So, you know, unless we've got contracts to where we can't get out of, I guess that might be the reason. But we get rid of Kane and I'm thinking, well, he's gone so we can bring a keeper in. And then we bring this dude from, from Watford in, who apparently is he's absolutely lightning, but he, he often leaves the ball behind. So... He can out-sprint anybody over 80 yards, but the ball's often 40 yards behind him.
2: Talking if, of that, Dick, signed a new contract with somebody in Cyprus a
1: buy, this week. <laughs> you You'll do training in Azerbaijan, Andy, well, if somebody pays you in it so, so, Yeah, you can oh, no, see him.
2: Absolutely no moral issues with going anywhere and, and <laughs> pouring my ways around you. Yeah,
1: but, so, but yeah, the homeboy one's a weird one. Alone's a really solid sign in his championship experience. You only need to look at the outpouring from the, the Burnley fans around yep. wishing him well and, and saying how sad it is to see him go. But you know, I think I think that's definitely a great addition. Cambere, I mean he scored with his first touch, didn't he? When he came on in the cup game. But he then consequently knocked into touch with his knee three times not long after. So I'm not sure what we're getting there. I think that's that's one of these. So I think we've 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 added some volume, which as you said. Uh, Ian was it was an issue last year strikers as far as the eye can see Simpsons now fit Caroma's back but well, there isn't one of them that could bang 15 goals in and, and that's what we almost need if we can get a solid back four and bang 15 18 goals in mm. then we'll definitely be safe uh, and I just worry how is he going to work out which one of those is the right answer
3: I'm guessing he'll try and play the the hot hand isn't he if someone bags is going to get a second chance and just hopefully we can find somebody who can go on a bit of a streak but it's like he's been playing football manager five years ago and gone, oh, these guys are banging. Let's bring these guys in and just looked on soccer base who's best available and gone for him. I don't, I just, with like, wagon, I don't understand why we think he's a better option than Ward and Rhodes. I I, I don't, I, I don't see it. And maybe again in a few weeks, I'll, I'll do a bit of a U turn like Andy will do in our car, and knock out. And I'll be like, oh, no, that's fair that's enough. That's they got it. They're right. I'm big enough and old enough and stupid enough to be able to accept if I'm wrong. But looking at it from from where I am now, it doesn't really make sense. It's pretty clear what's happening that is gone into to Bromby. I'm guessing he gone. We don't have enough experience. We've got we've got we're too young. We're struggling because we're too young. We need to bring some more older older heads in to get us through to the end of the season. And that's what we've gone out and done. And now that does tell you there might be a bit of faith in him, and um, that can only be a good thing. But I just don't, again, see where we've solved the striker problem. That's the biggest problem for us. But as everyone knows, the most expensive problem to solve is the striker problem for most clubs. Everyone's looking for more goals. Everyone's always looking for more goals. And it does cost a lot of money in the championship to bring somebody in who can guarantee you 10, 15, 20 goals a season. I don't think Wagon's done that for years, any, any division, to be honest. Um, but we we'll are knock out, if he can recapture his form, fantastic, but where's he been for the last few years? Is he the player that he was? He's clearly not, because he wouldn't be with us if he was. So you're taking a bit of a gamble there. But to me, it's a calculated risk. It's to the end of the season. I think it's something we have to do. I don't think we've got an option. I think we have to go out and do this. Lawton's fantastic. I think that's a great signing that will fit in well with the back of Hellick and Pearson. Pearson can be fit. I think that's fantastic. And it's just a shame what's happened with Nichols. And, And I think our season... Is going to come down to how long Nichols is out for and how quick he can come back, because he's a he does look a leader, doesn't he? When he plays, he's he's bucking every time on one the up or whatever. But it just looks like we, we play well when he when he's playing well. It's really strange to say as a keeper. I get it, but I don't know how we're going to go if it's um the young Bulakovic or wherever is playing in goal. If if that's what we go with,
1: yeah.
3: we. we I think when you're playing such a defensive structured system like we are going to play, your keeper is so crucial in controlling the tempo of the game because they have more to do than most of the keepers in any other footballing system. Um, And I don't think the signings we made so far by Lawton will benefit what we're doing at the moment. But that depending on on knockout, suddenly coming back to what it used to be. That might change my opinion on that entirely. But as Gaz said, we need goals. We need we need more goals than what we've got. We're good. We're good at the back. But up top, I think we need pace. That's oh. how your stretch feels. If you're sitting deep, you've got to turn teams around and attack as quickly as you can. And now maybe Humboldt is the answer there. I've not seen him play. I've got no idea. But you can see what we're trying to do in, in regards to slowing the game down, playing quickly on the break. So, but Thomas to made to do that, to be honest So. It's a shame we're not actually going to have him until the end of the season, until obviously, from now until the end of the season. Um, I do like Josh Karoma though. I think him coming back under the Cowleys, I thought Karoma was the best player we had. I was actually quite amazed um, Cowles didn't really play him at all. I'm quite upset about it because I thought he, I think there is a player in Karoma and if anyone's going to come back and score more goals, I'll put my money on Karoma on scoring more than anyone else at new signings. So you can only that to the end of the season. If he gets game time, I think he's got goals in him. But it's, it's, it's a gamble it's that again getting rid of the players in the summer the first team bonafide good top quality championship players like O'Brien Toffolo Pippa and trying to replace them with numbers and back Kasumu I actually don't mind I think on everyone else we've missed apart from Helic mm. so hopefully January's a little bit it turns out to be a bit better because if it isn't then next year will be League One not Championship
1: what's, what's the view on Rodoni then I mean he, he obviously came in in the summer I'm 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 fifty he, he floats in and out of games. Is my personal view, but I'm not. Saying, and I'm also not entirely sure where his best position is. But what's somebody else's view on Rodoni?
3: If you're an ACM like Rodoni is, though, I'm for me, it's on your ass, your assists, your assists, assists or goals, and he doesn't really contribute in those three phases of the game for me, or he hasn't just yet. He looks like he's got the technique to be a good player. The positioning sense is proven again on providing and creating goals, and that's not there yet for him. He is a young player. And now Scott High has just come back as well, and I actually quite rate Scott High. But again, central midfielders and that 10 role, they mature a lot later than most of the positions on a football field. They hit their stride around 24, 25, but we need them to perform now. I think if Rodon is not ready now or can't contribute the amount of goals that he should do for position and the importance of his role in the team, he might not be ready for us. But that's not to say he's not going to get there, I just don't know if he's ready yet. Um, there is a player there. There is a player there. But then to take it to that next level, you need to be scoring or creating goals. And for me, from what we've seen so far this season, he's not that guy just yet.
2: Yeah, it's that just yet thing. It's last to deceive. <clears throat> my, my lad loves him, um, thinks he's great, joins him with his champ. I said, but what's he actually done? What's he actually provided for us? Very little. Yeah. Um, I like him. Um he's got he's got a good a good energy about him. I just think he needs a bit of luck to go his way. He's he's quite tricky and he hasn't had one that's really come off and opened the defence up and been able to, to score. You you can see when he's shooting, he's he's always leaning back, popping it over the top of the bar. It's a bit like watching well, me doing clearances when I played for Net Terrier's just oofing it. It's a bit like that. But he just needs one to go in and I think he might kick on he's got something.
0: Just as of yet he hasn't done anything for us. Yeah, I agree. He's I, I, I don't mind him. He's he's shown glimpses of what he can do. Good touch, good energy. I like his attitude. He's just not quite he's just not quite ready. He looks like a young lad from League One that's made a big step up, which is exactly what it what it is. And I think in in most good championship sides it'd be a B team player at, at this moment in time. So they were brought up to speed. We've taken a gamble on him. It's not quite worked yet. I think he will be a really good player in a couple of seasons' time. The problem is we need him to do it now, as you, as you said. And is that really fair to put that pressure on a young player? That's for sure. Um, but I, 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 I don't mind him as a player. I think he will be a good asset, but I just don't think it's... I think it's just a bit too soon at the moment for him.
2: Well, he's got. he's got one... Diamonds are formed under pressure, aren't they? So he's going to get plenty of that. Let's let's hopefully he can turn out to be a diamond. He's got the potential. But whether whether it will uh, play out or not, I don't know. I thought, I don't think it's helped him being played in I mean, different positions. As he played, he played on the wing, played se- center attacking midfielder. He? He's done all that. Number ten, done all that stuff. So he just needs to play somewhere consistently and and just get a bit of luck. We just we've had so little luck this season for me. Um, you know, That Blackpool. Goal that wasn't a goal, stuff like that. It's just not dropping for us. Whereas last year, we got the rub of the green all the time, and that was. That, I guess that's part of being a successful team that almost expects to win, and you build your own momentum, etc. We just need a bit, of, a bit of luck, one to go and off somebody's ass or something that might kickstart a one 0 win away at somewhere like Coventry on Saturday. Um, you never know, dear. We just need a bit of luckers. And then that might kick on and build a bit of confidence because we just look devoid of confidence. So we certainly did a few games ago. It's probably getting a bit better. Right. Yeah, jury's out on him.
0: I think we need to take more risks, really, as a, as a collective. Hmm. We're, we're very risk-averse at the moment, and, <clears throat> and I can fully understand why. And we were seconds away from getting a, a really good three points at Hull. Um But I just think in certain situations you need to be braver and you need to attack teams, come up with something a bit different. And that's why I don't mind the knockout signing because I have no doubt whatsoever that he's he's unfit and he's going to take a while to get up to speed. And it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up getting injured and been out for a month. I hope not. But at least, you know, with, with players like knockout, he offers something a bit different. He's quite unpredictable. He's not afraid to take players on. He's not afraid to take risky passes we we haven't we haven't had that this season
1: mm.
0: we've We've had a lot of players that are afraid to do anything different that will pass sideways rather than forwards, and sometimes you just need someone to to think outside the box and do things a bit differently. so i'm I'm hoping that knockout will bring that and we'll get as a result more balls into the box more chances. I mean, Rodona used to make some great runs into the box when he played for MK Dons, but he's not doing that at the moment. We're not seeing enough plays in the box when the ball goes in. And I know you're talking about luck, but sometimes you make your own luck and, you know, you you, you need to create the chances to to get the luck sometimes. So, I think I, I, I am... Loughton, I think, is a very good signing. in It's solid solid He'll yeah. He'll do very, very well. And I think, as a defence, actually, we've got sort of the top-half championship defence. If you look at the, the personnel now we've gotten there. But, yeah, striker-wise, where's the goal's coming from? Ward, I think, has been carrying a knot most this season. He's, he's played like he's playing with an injury. So, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up needing some form of, of minor surgery at some point. Because he's just he's just looked like he's running through treacle sometimes he's not making he's not been making the runs off the ball that he used to do last season he's not he's, he's looked as well he's looked to shadow really this season he looked a shadow of the player all last season so it wouldn't surprise me if it was kind of an injury so i under, I can understand that's why I, that's why I understand the wagon signing to a degree because he does offer that tenacity. Although I accept he's not going to score loads of goals, I I think it's time to unleash Udlin. <laughs> he could be the fifteen-goal man. <laughs> <laughs> get those balls in the box and get his head on them.
1: Gareth forward. Gareth
0: forward. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not? Nobody else has managed it.
0: Nobody else has managed. Well, that's it. I mean, and and always say about Camberry, is at least he scored a goal. You know. Yeah. Which which is more than most of them have done for quite a while. So I I think in ideal world he wants two up top, doesn't he? So I could see him. He's he's wanting strikers that offer different attributes.
1: Big man, man.
0: yeah. Or you know whether it's one that's just going to bully, one that's going to hold it up, one that's a poacher like Rhodes. Yeah, I I, I I I think he's just trying to get different individuals with different characteristics to be able to mix things up a little bit.
1: A lot of wages, though, Nick. You know, for a, a club that's that's struggling like we are, that's there's a lot of wages tied up in in all of those individuals there. On the off chance that one of them hits the mark for us, that that it does feel like a massive gamble. The, the Wagon one, the Canberry one, and Simpson to a point. You know, I'm not entirely sure what he, what he brings to the to the team. He he's not quick. You know, actually that strong. He doesn't hold the ball up. He can't edit. I don't really know what. I don't really see what he brings to the. But he couldn't get a game at Ipswich. Don't forget this lad.
0: We must have loved him because we signed him. I've never known a club sign a player that's injured for, for, for that long when we're desperately in need of a striker. We sign one that's injured for three months. I I, I couldn't believe that. But again, he's unproven in it. He? So he's 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 only young. Like it's a lot of pressure to put on someone that age to come in and just score ten. Ten goals and keep a team up in the championship. Well, that's kind of what we've been reduced to, really. I, I'd, 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 yeah, I don't know. It, it might, it might turn good. You're right. It is a gamble, but we, we like gambles, don't we? Odersfield <laughs> like Town, because that's all we, that's all we do. Managers, players, it's, it's gamble after gamble, hoping that one of them comes off. I mean, we waste money left, right, and centre. Like we we went to we got to Marbella. What was that about? Just wasting money on going training high, high, hot weather training. Have you look? Have you seen outside? Like it's minus four outside, and we're doing high weather intense training. What? Why? Why did we do that? Why go away when we've got world class training facilities? Was at Canal Side. Why could we not just train as a group there? Why do we do things like that and just waste loads of money? I, I, I sometimes I do think we you're right we we do we do waste money sometimes it's a lot of players i don't know one might one might come off you're right probably a lot of them won't and then they'll end up being moved on won't they?
3: the gamble this year is we need to just spend the money in january so we can stay because what's relegation to league one gonna cost us seven eight million is that is that what is that what about it is roughly what they reckon jump up the championship is might be more it, it doubles every year it's faster than the price of milk, increase of inflation at the moment, In it, when it comes to how much it's worth getting promoted throughout the divisions. But you can see they've just looked at it and gone, right, let's spaff a, a million on it quickly now. And then hopefully it keeps us up. And then next... and that's why they're all on short-term deals or no one's really coming on a, on a long-term deal, are they? Um, it's just, we. that's the club we are today. We are a club that, if we're running at break-even, as we more or less are, we believe at the moment, we're barely a championship club. And now... You can look at how many people we've got in the stadium. We've got 18,000 people there, whatever it is most games apparently. But we don't charge very much for our season tickets. So if you're comparing us to other clubs, you can't compare us to other clubs that have got 18,000 people attending every game because we don't charge the same as what London clubs charge or other clubs from well, more or less anywhere in England. We are one of the cheapest clubs when it comes to ticket prices per game, I think. So then you've got to expect... The budget on players to be less than other clubs of similar number of people in the stadium. When you're comparing us, you've got to look at what break even is and what break even is elsewhere at other clubs. And once you do that, you'll naturally see where our stature in the game is. And it's probably between the bottom third of the championship and the top half of League One. That's a club we are. And to get higher than that, you're going to have to gamble. And that's what we're trying to do. And we have been very, very successful at gambling over the last decade. We have. Dean Oil overspent the, uh, from break-even within the FFP guidelines, but we, we did spend more than we earned and that got us to the Premier League. We are a club that overspent on our means to get somewhere amazing. So we can't sit here criticising other clubs doing that when we did that exact same thing. Unfortunately, it came back to bite us in the ass, didn't it, a little bit when we got relegated and the, the loans were re- not recalled, but they're expected to be paid back. And that's why we didn't have that bounce because we had to suddenly look at repaying loans owed due to that promotion and overspending to get there. Now we're going back to a break-even model we've got to gamble. I don't I understand why we have to do it. It's not nice. Fans don't like it. They just want to win. They want to win every game. They want to get promoted from every division regardless of what people are spending. But realistically what we are is where we're at. It's a it's a struggling championship club on a good day. And that's on a good day. So this gambling on, on strikers short term to get us out of this little problem now and, and then spending Less money on more players in the summer, hoping one or two become gems, is what I expect Huddersfield Town to be for the, for for quite a while, unless somebody else comes in with more money and a new plan. But for what we've got at the moment, I think this is us. This is us. And um, this will be us for us for quite a while. So I think we've got to just sit in and, and and accept it, but hope we can put something together like we did last year and, and um, fluke, a, fluke another decent season. But it's just working out if we can do it with guys that we've got. But bringing in players like Redone, going back to that, they're the guys that you have to do it on. People that aren't ready, have time to develop whilst getting first-team experience, but not costing us a place in the division. We've still got Ethan Kamara. There's all, all sorts of players that look really fantastic, but not quite there just yet. It's all about hanging on as much as we can so the young players can get more experience. Because next year, Kamara, Diara, Rodone... Cause they're going to be a little bit better, a little bit more experienced. They'll learn how to play the game, and we will be a better team than what we are right now. But right now, we just have to have to hold on as best we can.
1: Oh, the, the issue is, but I don't think anybody, I don't think, I don't think any out of the four of us don't accept that that's where the club are. in. I think we all know, we all know our financial reality. I don't think that's not a surprise to any of us, is it? I think the problem you've got is some of the noises that came out of the club in the in the summer set different expectations amongst certain portions of the fan base. But, guys, say, what, but then, I, I get that, but then... You, if, can't, if, you can't replicate what we did with Carlos in his second year. It done a, it, it's, it, that was beyond the
3: gamble. That was a miracle, wasn't it? It's tough, though, isn't it? Because if they come out and say, well, we can't expect what we did last year, everyone goes, oh, you can't do that. You can't You can't be defeated either. They're in a, between a rock and a hard place on that one. Mm-hmm. They, they can't say, oh, well, we've got a temporary expectations this season. Last year, we were a fluke. We're not going to be quite there, but buy season tickets. That doesn't sell season tickets, does it? So mm-hmm. it's 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 a hard reality, a harsh reality, I guess, to being a football fan, isn't it? And um, I, I I get what you're saying, though. They do they oversell it. We were never going to... Carlos walked away before the season knowing that we couldn't get anyone near what we got last year. He, mm-hmm. he knew he'd reached his limit on it and anything interstate, he'd have suffered a reputational damage, I'm guessing. But I don't know. It's just... It's it's tough, isn't it? And it's not nice to have to sit through it watching it every week. You try all well, you're still stupid enough to go to all away games, guys. So you you, you can say you can see say them all it, and, so here, and then you're at hull. Are you at Coventry this weekend, guys? Uh, yeah, might be. Yeah, you're at Coventry as well. Yeah, might be, yeah. You'll be everywhere. Yeah. Full full 50 uh, odd games this year, What not you guys by the yeah. time you've finished? But tell you what, they should have been honest with you at the beginning of the season. That'd have changed things for you.
0: <laughs> I think for a lot of fans it's it's a fact that I mean, we, we won, the, <laughs> we gambled, we won the lottery, we going to the Premier League and then we won again by staying up. And it's that, it's that legacy that sticks in the throat of a lot of fans still, that we couldn't make more of that. And we couldn't solidify ourselves as a real competitor in the championship, as most teams that were in that position would would do. And I think a lot of fans are still struggling with that. And particularly like last season as well, to be so close to the Premier League, literally like ninety minutes away from the Prem, to this situation, is is a stark, is a stark contrasted season. So I get, I get that why everybody's pissed off, um, but it is it is what it is, and the club can only work with the finances they've got. You know, they're not going to put us in a situation where we're going under. or I hope not, um. So, in the best interest of the club, you know, I, I understand that we are what we are and we, we do have to take risks in order to be successful. It's just, do, do you reckon fans would pay more for season tickets out of interest? So, if you said to a to sound fans, right, we're going to go and sign proven championship quality, but in order to do that, We've, we're going to have to increase the season ticket prices to like 500 quid or something. I don't know, 500 quid. Do you think town fans would pay that extra to see that? Because it's all right moaning, but you're right. We are we are one of the cheapest season tickets, if not the cheapest in the league. And I would suggest, compared with League One, we're still comparatively cheap. So it's a good point, that. Do, do, do you think that fans would pay more?
1: If they double the price, Nick, with would would the number of season tickets have, I'm not sure it would. Because you've got a loyal you you've got a loyal eight thousand who will who will renew the ticket. So uh, I, I think it's the it's the legacy of the Dean Hoyle Premier League promotion season, this this price promise, price fix thing, isn't it? Um I'm all right because when Phil said if you don't have your money back, you can have it for 250 quid for the next four years. I'm laughing, so I'm all right because I didn't have my money back. Um but yeah, it's a really good question. And I, and I think if Dean goes and, and another bunch of people take the club over, I'm not sure it'll even be a discussion, Nick. I think it's going to happen.
2: How, how much of our income is season ticket money and how much of it is the commercial side? Because I remember a stat from the Premier League that the season ticket money was only 2% of the income that we got while we were up there. And obviously the, the, the TV money is much, much lower. But what I don't know is how much... The commercial team are bringing in them. They went through a phase a while ago of bouncing lots of different partnerships and sponsorships, but I know they've been targeted and, and tasked to get um, almost as much again as they can compared to the. Let me put this right. They need to match the season ticket money. So whatever we raise by season tickets, the commercial team have been tasked with at least ma- at least matching that with the the deals that they've got in. Now whether they, they're doing that or not, I don't know. Um, but it's not just season ticket money that's, a, that's an element. What I don't know for town is how much of it is now our income is 50% season ticket money commercial, or is it 60-40, 40-60? I, I don't know. But um, like the, the big thing about going out of League, league One is that you cease to become um, attractive to people wanting to sponsor you and get involved with you, because you know, you, you're playing smaller teams, smaller crowds... It's just such a commercial side of things. It's just, it's not an interesting investment. So why would you put your money into a small town club like Huddersfield, struggling in League One, when you could go somewhere else to a Burnley or a Blackburn or someone like that and and get your brand seen by a a lot more people? So I I don't. It's a moot point. I don't know the answer to the question, but I think we've got to look at the. They could double the money with the season tickets, fair enough, but then how much would the commercial income drop drop off and would that be even factored into um, the amount of money we've got available to buy players, etc.?
3: It's really tough, and I think it comes back to the Premier League seasons, like you said. I think we were quite short-sighted on that. It's okay doing cheaper season tickets, but then you can't up them if you get relegated. But then when you get relegated from the Premier League, that's when you need more money from season tickets. Yeah,
2: So.
3: the short-sightedness to keep it affordable was great, but now you're kind of paying for it because people are conditioned to expect cheaper season ticket prices. So we can't up them. We're in a really, really difficult place. And like Andy said, sponsorships and all other commercial stuff drops even further, the further you go down division. And that's why I think January, we're panicking, bringing as many players in as we can within a reasonable wage structure. But I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll have gone over budget to what we expected to do on the season now just to try and stay up for those reasons because we're also trying to sell the club it's, it's it's a really big mess, I think, what's going on financially. And I'm guessing that there's a little bit of panicking going on because when you're in the championship playoff final and you're thinking, we still need to cheapen a little bit, but we, if we just sell a few players, we should still be okay because we were only 90 minutes and two dodgy penalty decisions away from being in the Premier League. We're not going to get relegated. And I genuinely think that's what com- conversations like that may have gone on behind the scenes suggest. And, and that's why we kind of went to the season with, with the transfer policy that we did because we thought we'd have enough anyway. We never expected to do what we did last season again, regardless of what was said. And yet what's happened is what we're seeing, and we are fighting tooth and nail to try and stay in the division all of a sudden. And now they're panicking in January because they're thinking, oh, we got this wrong, but we need to, we need to stay here for so many different reasons.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It's it's a tough one. And I I don't want to make the decisions mm-hmm. that they're gonna they've had to make and continue to make on a daily basis. It's a real tough one. We're, we are in such a strange situation that I can't remember any other club being in because um, there's so many moving parts and there's so many things going on at the same time. It's just never boring, is it, being a town fan, Nick? like you said before we started here. It's never a boring season. There's never just a calm one. It's always all oh, these 28 things going on at the same time. You forget about half of them. There's a stadium issue that we've not even spoke about yet. Where KDSL is struggling to to cover the costs and they may underpin administration. And we might have to take the reins of that. There Used to be a rental agreement with more people in the stadium, then your rent went up. So the town got more people in. So I'm guessing they paid more rent, but now there's a mortgage coming to an end. Yet there's eight to twelve million need to be needed to be put in to see the stadium in the next 20 years being able to be used properly in regards to I think is it 20 is it, how old is the stadium now? 25 year old, 30 year old. So you're looking at I'm Definitely. guessing the infrastructure like the electricity stuff and the water tanks and the boilers. I'm guessing they're all half contributing to the what needs to be replaced. There's so much going on in the club. We probably could talk about this for four hours and still have no answers what should be done. But when it comes to the playing side, all that does have a knock-on effect, doesn't it? And we find ourselves in in such a strange situation. Um, It's mental. It is actually mental and very Huddersfield town.
0: If they do take over the stadium, they need to make more use of that stadium. They need to have more concerts. They need to improve the matchday experience to make it more of an experience, to generate more income because it has potential you know you get 40,000 into there with a with a constant the money that generates you know but, but we just don't do it anymore and um the, the, i think there's there's a lot more can be done to get the to get it to generate more money than what it does so mm-hmm. may, maybe when the the, the ownership is, is sorted <clears throat> maybe that'll give town a bit more freedom to be able to change things on the match day as well and be able to generate a bit more income that way i don't i don't know um but I do think it's underutilized as a resource at yeah. the moment.
2: I, I don't understand. What's the Is there a power struggle between Hoyle and Hodgkinson at the minute? Or I, I don't really understand the, the maths or the logistics of what's going on there and why that hasn't been sorted out. Does anybody know what the, the situation is? I know we've got, we've got potentially got some investors from America according to Dan at the Mac. Now whether that's that's accurate information or not, I don't know, but <laughs> probably not, maybe. But you know, the, there are people out there who would be interested in, in a club of ours, but I just don't understand why it's not been not been sorted. Um I remember seeing briefly Dean Hoyle um in then speak to him, but he was talking to somebody else about and it was around about the time that he stepped in. And he said I had to step in. But that was that was nearly a year ago. And nothing's changed. So so why? Surely it can't be drawing contracts up and, and that type of stuff. There must be some sort of standoff between Hodgkinson and Hoyle for, for no progress to have been made on the transfer of shares or sale of shares or whatever. I, I, I don't know what's going on.
1: These things are complicated, aren't they? It's not like, it's not like buying an house. It's, you know, it's a complicated set of moving parts. I think the one thing – you made a good point, Nick, and I think the one thing – Having control of the stadium, although that is a liability in itself, actually hands control. And if you were looking to buy the club, you're looking for control, aren't you? Yeah. And I think that that for me will be a positive, although it's a burden in the short term. I actually think it makes actually makes us way more attractive to a potential purchase having control of that stadium. You only to look at the, yeah. the trials and tribulations of poor Coventry to see what happens when you lose control of your stadium.
0: Right, let's move on quickly to the rest of this season then. So <laughs> given how the season's shaped up, we've started to see a few decent results under Fotheringham. Do we think we're actually gonna get out of this? Because bearing in mind we've been in the bottom three ever since I can remember. Do we do we think that we're actually gonna get out of this or not? Uh
1: weirdly, I think I think we probably will. I think a bit like um we, all, we got into the playoffs a little bit by default last year that I actually thought the league was so poor. We didn't have to be that great to, to get in. And I have a feeling that actually, I think the league's so poor. We're not going to be, have to be that great to get out. You look at those that are in and around us, you know, Wigan, they brought in Colo Torre, not really seeing much of an improvement. They're bringing in a couple of, you know, decent signings. Um, they've got the lad on loan from Leeds, haven't they? Which was a bit of a surprise, the striker. But he's another one, you know, play, has played a fair few games for Leeds and hasn't scored many. Um, they're struggling. Blackpool are really struggling. But, of course, they've just wheeled Big Mick in the building. So that could have a big impact. Cardiff are really struggling. They're now without a manager looking for a new manager. Rotherham, you know, you've, you've got what you've got with Rotherham. I, you know, I really rate um, the bloke that owns Rotherham. I think he's a brilliant owner. They'll stick with Matt Taylor. They'll stick to their principles. So they're going to struggle. And, and Birmingham are in an absolute freefall. So there's enough teams in and around us that if we can just string enough enough points together, I think we have more than a good chance of stopping up.
2: Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I like the way you put it, Gaz. Um, I'm not as confident myself. I just got an awful feeling about the the season, and I've since about three three games in. Uh, just the, the the turgid way that we've been playing, but yeah, we're getting better. So I guess the green shoots of recovery are, are out there, um, like you say. Hopefully, there are three worse teams than us. But problem is, I haven't seen, I haven't seen one yet. I went to Birmingham away. That's one of the away games I've done this season. Birmingham away, and they they absolutely amateurs. But yeah, things have changed, haven't they? Obviously, they're there. But um, we've got some big big games coming up. Birmingham at home. Off. we got that, that, that's a big you know six points potentially there the blackpool game there's lots of things going on that we we need to start getting results in but yeah fingers crossed but I'm not I'm not too confident with then I never am so we'll see how we go
3: at the beginning of the season I think I predicted us to be 21st out of the 24 on um, on on the takes that chance predictors I think I was a lowest by about 18 positions and Yet, yeah, after the shit season that we've had, right after the absolute awful season that we've had, I think we're gonna do better than what I predicted at the beginning of the season. I think I'm the only idiot, right, that bought a season half, season half card season ticket in January. I'm the must be the only person. There's no one else in Woodsfield that thought, like, about a few weeks ago. Oh, let's get another season. Let's get a season ticket here because all my games are called off because weather's awful and pitches are terrible around here, so we never play. So I'll go. I'll go watch town again instead. I think with what we're doing at the moment, we've got more than enough to bore the shit out of teams and nick a few one 0 win away from one-nil wins away from home. I think you're going to get a bit of form with town. that's it's, it's, it's like normally you're better at home than you are away. I don't think you'll see that with us. I think we're going to play a very structured system and against teams that are at the bottom of the division, we'll do okay. We'll, we'll do okay because they won't be able to break us down, and hopefully we can turn him and hit on the break, get a, get a goal and, and then defend. We, we seem to be a pretty good at the moment. I think we scored last first goal in the last four games and that's re- a really good thing to have. Of course it is. And, and if Pearson's back, I think we'll be able to defend, defend Leeds. Um, I think we might be all right just because I'm a big, big supporter of a big D and we're doing fine with that recently. I'm going to go out and say we're going to finish 19th. I think 19th. I think there's quite a few teams we can catch up on here. And with the games that we've got in hand, normally it's quite strange for us to be in that position, isn't it? Normally we've played three games extra than everybody else and everyone chases us down and every week you're watching Football Focus, uh, football focus or live scoring on Sky Sports and stuff and, and the catching up goals go in and we're dropping further and further down the table. But it's us chasing the pack. And I think it'll actually be in our benefit. I, I think we've got a bit of... Um, Something about us in regards to being able to defend well. Rover aren't great, like Gaz said. Birmingham aren't great. Then you've got the Wigan game there, your three games. in. Are they all in the next month? Are they all in the next month? I think they are, by the end of February anyway. It, we'll, we'll know by that point. But I don't think we're easy to play against anymore. I think we're going to give teams a few more problems to try and break us down. And if you can do that as a team at the bottom of the division, you've all, you're always in with a chance of being okay but we will find out very soon. I think Coventry at the weekend is massive because they're in the middle of the table. They're not that great. They don't score too many goals, but they don't concede many either. We've got to be looking at these kind of games and you want to be in them and have a chance of taking something out. If you get run over on Saturday, it's a bit of a different thing. I'll relook at it then. But I don't think you can underestimate the importance of, of Coventry. If we'd have beaten all, think it's a bit different. You've got a bit more leeway. We haven't. We're going to Coventry trying to do the same thing we did last time, but at least we know with the blueprint of what we need to do. For the team that we are, and um, I think we've got a decent chance. Kov well, haven't won
1: in five games, by the
3: way. Yeah. So they're I'm not. I'm stupid enough as well, time. guys. I'm 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 going down as well. i will go down yeah. to the Tuesday game actually. But um, and, I, and I think if you keep that, if you keep the lad
1: up front quiet, I watched I watched the Norwich game on Saturday afternoon, or it was when they played Norwich, and and I have to say, although they, they they looked good in flashes, keep the big lad up front quiet, and you have half a chance.
0: Yeah, they do. I mean, they play decent football commentary, but they're not as good as they were last season. I, I thought they played some good stuff last season. I expect them to kick on, but they they didn't. They haven't quite managed it. Other, um, we all know what happens when a team's in bad form though, and they start playing us, don't and they've uh, got Casey Palmer in there as well. Um, and again, <laughs> we all know what happens when former players play against us, don't we? But we we. We do have a better defence. We are more solid. Everyone seems to be pulling in the same direction now. So we might just get out of it. My only my only concern is if we don't get a decent number of points in February, the fixtures after that are pretty tough, to say the least. And we need wins now. It's not like we can go and just nick points away from home. We're now getting to the um, nitty-gritty of the season where Again, as I said, because of those first 10 games, we're, in, we're now in a situation where we need wins. And it's just whether we can score enough goals to get the three points rather than the single points. I think it's going to be very close. I think they are worse squads than Towns in this league. We're just, it, it, But it's going to be fine margins. I just hope that the little things like the conceding last second to Hull Hawkeye not picking up the goal against Blackpool are the things that come back to bite us and we can get out of it. I think we'll just scrape up. I hope so, because if we go down, we ain't coming back for a long time. Hopefully, we'll just scrape up and then we can reassess and, and hopefully push on a bit more next season. Predictions for Coventry, score-wise?
1: Yeah. Uh... I'm going to go a cheeky a cheeky one niler. I think we might I think we'll uh, I think we'll score and I think that that we'll we'll hang on. You know, Hull. You know, I, the the goal of Hull. I was really, as I said earlier, I was fuming at the time, but it was a punt just fell to the block nicely, and you know, and he's a quality player. We kept him quiet for for ninety odd minutes. I just don't th- I just don't think Coventry have got have got that in him, and I also think we can frustrate them, So. A cheeky one nil win for town, I think.
2: Nil nil for me. I just if they bring a lot of the new ones in, I think, and they might take a little bit of time to knit together. So I'll I will hopefully we we'll start at the back. So hopefully we can keep the ball away from blocker Pitcher or whoever we're going to have in goal for us on Saturday. And but I can't see us scoring, so I'll go nil nil.
3: Yeah, I reckon two one. I reckon we're going to score early, defend it, score at 60th minute and then concede late on to make it a little bit nervy because we never win games easily. I just think it's the right game coming to us at the right time here. I think this is when we've really got a target to try and get something out of. I think it's a really big, pivotal point of the season here. But games now that we've got, because all of a sudden you can lose it and suddenly we'll be seven points behind, can't we? Oh, it's really, really, really important that we, uh, we manage to get something here. But I think we will. I think we've got Enough new players, um, all trying to prove a point. That's the benefit we're having loads of strikers. That they've all, they all know they need to score. They don't have the relaxation. of all, if I don't score now, I'll be playing again next week. If you don't score and you start, unless we win, you won't be playing next week. And they know that. I think we'll come out fast at the weekend, and then um, hopefully we can. It's because I'm there. We'll be fine. I'm not. I'm not seen as a loser away from home for 12 years, so we should be fine anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think Last one was Barnes late in two
3: thousand and ten or something. But anyway, it's fun. That's
0: something to play back when we've lost four 0 isn't it?
3: I'll never go again.
0: <laughs> I I I oh god, I, I hope you're right. We need we need to win. I, I think my my heart says a two one, but my head's saying a one one. I think we will score, but I think they'll score. And I don't think we score enough at the moment. So I I, I I think it'll be a one-all draw, which isn't you know on the face of it is a good result of commentary. But as I say, we need we need wins now. Points points are enough. Anything else, gents? I think we've we've covered quite a lot there, haven't we? No, I've decided on
2: Scott Hyde. I think for me next, if it, if it's over goes,
1: <laughs> what, what has your scapegoat?
2: No, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's my oh, did you
1: spot? Oh, I'm sorry, Andy. Yeah, sorry.
2: Yeah, ex-Peniston Church, like my lad. Yeah, a local lad. I like a local lad. Mm-hmm. So oh, bad. As <laughs> soon as I said that, I thought that. And wish had I no, yeah. no. said <clears> that. Sorry. Cameberie, Mister uh, Preston, or wherever it was. So yeah. yeah, that's where I'm going. If it comes to it, don't leave us, sober lad. Don't leave uh,
0: He's already gone. <laughs> Never mind. Right. Thanks very much, lads. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we're aiming to be back every week now. Is that right? I don't want to make false promises, but we're, we're hopefully going to be um, doing a piece every week as and when we can. So that's something to look forward to next week. But yeah, he is hoping for a good result at Coventry and we can uh, push on, and get ourselves out of that bottom. Bottom three. Thanks everyone. See you you soon. Later.